We saw the number one team in college basketball lose this week and a former number one lose this week. It looks like finally Houston is going to get what they deserve, a number one ranking by the voters in the polls. I'm Alan Caps. That's Mikey Watson. This is Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to round this week. That's why I got a college skip. That's why I was an All-American in Michigan. I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? I'm a mess. So let's just let's just be straight up. Like I told you all fair might the, the the team I was cheering for won today, so I'm good to go. I I'm 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 happy. I'm fired up. You know, the next time we do this show, um we're going to be like in conference tournament season. We are. We are. The Atlantic Sun will start following Monday from now. Good God. It's almost over, buddy. And there's like half a dozen conferences that start on either Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. 363, well, 361 teams have a legitimate chance of still making the NCAA tournament. But it's one and done coming next week. That includes you, Louisville. So. Yes, Louisville even has a chance. So does California. Yeah, after, after this week, Louisville has a chance. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, it, time's running out for, for teams who may need to uh, put a little meat on their resume. Not that I'm speaking from experience or anything like that. And by the way, since I did mention it was 361, uh, yeah, I pretty much eliminated both Chicago State and Hartford at this point. Even though we are from Chicago. <laughs> yes, they know what a Chicago street fight is. In fact, Chicago State beat Hartford today. 753. Wow. So apparently they know what a Chicago street fight is much better than Hartford. <laughs> God, I hope so. That's like that Greenwich street fight that Shane McMahon used, <laughs> yes. used to take part in. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was, what was his buddies? The, the mean street, the mean street posse. Mean street Ronnie posse. And Pete, yeah. Ronnie and Pete gas, Willie green, Joey abs. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. The Hartford street fight, I guess is not that big of a deal. My God. And where else, by the way, on a college basketball podcast, are you going to get a legitimate analysis of Chicago State and Hartford? Look right here. <laughs> so let's go right back up to the top. We go from we go from Hartford and Chicago State to the best game of the season as far as national rankings are concerned. Tennessee and Alabama on Wednesday. Tennessee snaps Alabama's SEC win streak, 68-59. And what was the line on that game? I believe well, Tennessee... it was Tennessee minus two. Okay. I, well, I should have said, like, I would have laid the I would have laid the line on that. I, 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 it was just all set up for Tennessee to win that game. And it kind of played out how I thought it was going to. And if I'm Alabama right now, I'm like, whatever. 
you know, we weren't going to win them all. We might as well lose one now rather than have it really, you know, the pressure really ramping up later. So it's, it, I, I, I hate the idea of good losses, but it's a good loss for Alabama. I agree. Uh, it's about what you would expect. I think if these teams play 10 times, five times at Tennessee, five times at Alabama, it's going to end up 5-5. They're that close to each other. Alabama will win at home. Tennessee will win at home. The tempo that they play at and the style they play at will be dictated by home court advantage, and the winner will come from home court advantage. Bama's going to steal one of those in Knoxville. I'm not as high as ten- on, t- on Tennessee. I, I told you they're they're they are going to be a a seven seed, just you know rubbing its palms in anticipation when they see Tennessee as the two on the other side, as we kind of saw over the weekend. So you know it is what it is. That's a really good win for Tennessee though to be able to we talk about you know beefing up the resume a little bit. They needed another win like that in the in, in the race for a two seed, and it is what it is. Vol controlled that game pretty pretty much start to finish. And they it was did. Win. That's what surprised me. I mean, I, I thought they'd win. I didn't think it was going to be this easy. It's it's the three point defense gimmick again, right? Kind of. What did they shoot? Well, I they wind up shooting. I, I I don't have that here, but let me let me go back and I can find it very quickly. The monkeys in the truck are getting some early work here. Monkeys in the truck, fill them in. Alabama was nine of 37 percent, so above oh, average. I will say that that's that's more than that's more than what Tennessee's usually given up there. So. Yeah, but they only shot thirty five percent from the floor. That's going to make it hard to win, especially when you're on the road. Just not enough possessions for Alabama to overcome that. And that's just it. Uh, Tennessee played at their tempo, and Alabama couldn't get them out of it because Alabama wasn't scoring enough to be able to put on any kind of press in the back court to force Tennessee to up the tempo. And it's hard to do that when you turn the ball over 19 times. And that yeah. was ultimately what, that's ultimately what it came down to. Tennessee, it was something like, it was something like 24 to 2 points off turnovers or something like that. It just, just Tennessee's defense, they can lean on that the rest of the way out. In, in the question, as we've said all season, can their offense get enough points to, uh, to, to take care of it? That's a, from the defensive side of the thing, it's, it's, it's the whole, Okay, that's great. You can play defense all through the regular season, but when it comes down to the big time games, what are you going to do? And they shut Alabama down. Big time, big time props to to the Vols for that. I think, especially when you're saying that you know Alabama might be able to steal one in Tennessee in a mythical uh, best of ten series, I, I could say the same thing in that I'm not sure Tennessee can win six games in a row. Yes, exactly, one hundred percent. That's that. what you need to do in March, obviously. Yep. As it was, they couldn't even win the game after Alabama. They lose to Kentucky on Saturday, 66-54. The Wildcats sweep the Volunteers this season. And given how both seasons are going, I mean, just in a vacuum, you have no other, you know, Tennessee Tennessee is this, Kentucky is this, but hey, Kentucky's going to sweep Tennessee. Makes no sense whatsoever, but... Maybe Cal's got Barnes's uh, number on this front. I have no idea. Bad loss for Tennessee coming off such a big win on Wednesday. I think they're still going to get a top four seed in the uh, SEC tournament. They'd have to really spontaneously combust and not do so. But that did put them into a tie for third with Kentucky and Auburn. And a team we'll talk about in just a second, Vanderbilt, are tied mm. just a game behind them at eight and six. 
Love it. The team in between Tennessee, Kentucky, and Alabama is Texas A&M, who, let's give them credit, won at Missouri, 69-60. You can now count as good wins for them, road wins at Florida, Auburn, and Missouri. But, and I think this is why we're not real high on A&M, they've also lost to Murray State on a neutral court, and at home to Wofford. They don't have the real high-end victory that you'd want to see. And yeah, those two losses to Marie, and especially the one to Wofford, are just huge holes in the resume there for the Aggies. They're solid, I guess, and can get up for, you know, for a second-tier game on the road at Florida, Auburn, or Missouri. But what are they doing against the big boys? And they haven't shown any of that this year. And they're going to get their chance. They're going to get their chance. But, uh... Well, they haven't shown it because they haven't played anybody. But, yes, yeah, they're going to get their chance. That's for sure. They host Tennessee. They're at Mississippi yep. State this week. They finish the season with Alabama. I really could see them losing three of their last four. Or showing us that they're for real. Yeah, they're really going to want to load up for the Vols. Because I think my guess is... Is of the it's much easier to are they at home? Wait, are they at home for for Alabama? Or are they on the road for that one? I thought they were on the road. Uh, I think they're on the road. Let me look here. No, that's a home game. Oh, so they get they get both Tennessee and Bama at home. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting little twist. I still think I still think it's easier uh, easier play to beat Tennessee than it is than Alabama. Alabama. Oh, hell yeah. Actually, of those three games, I think the easiest one is trying to win at Mississippi State. Yeah. Oh, you're 100% right on that. The other game, by the way, is Ole Miss at home, who they should take care of. Should. No, what? They'll win one of these games, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Alabama, and then they'll lose to Ole Miss. Lose to Ole Miss, yeah. That would be the Aggie play right now. That would be the 2023 basketball season in a nutshell right there. We mentioned Vanderbilt. And let's get to them, because this could be the feel-good story of the year right there with Rutgers and Northwestern. Vanderbilt wins at South Carolina on Tuesday and then beats Auburn on Saturday. It's their fifth win in a row since they were destroyed by Bama 101-44. They're 8-6 and six in the SEC. They're 15-12 and 12 overall. They might have a shot at the NCAA tournament. I think they basically have to win out the rest of the season to have a shot here. I don't know if if a 13-loss Vanderbilt is in the discussion on the bubble heading into the SEC tournament. I, I think they see them possibly winning out. Uh, they do have to play Kentucky on the road. They have Mississippi State at home. But the other two games are LSU and Florida. They can win both of those. They can win, though. Especially the way they're playing right now. They're playing with a ton of confidence. The win over Auburn uh, on the weekend. Big time. Weird weird finish to that one. <laughs> Auburn, wound up, Auburn wound up missing a 90-footer by about a half inch. So. <laughs> a 90-footer that they did not deserve to get, either. Yeah. That was it, ridiculous. Whole, it was all, all shenanigans. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, one of those officials obviously had Auburn on the spread. <laughs> yeah, that was that was just ridiculous. This phantom foul call with point, what was it, point three? 
I, you can't even get up a shot in point three. So, yeah. I mean, that shot probably wouldn't have counted if it went in. Yeah, pr- pretty pretty ridiculous. But, yes, so Vanderbilt, eight and six. They have a favorable schedule in the last two weeks. And, hey, I mean, maybe if they can get to the uh, semifinals of the SEC tournament, you think that would be enough? If they win out and make to make it to the SEC semis, I think it might be. Oh, if they win out and get to the semis, I think they're guaranteed in. I think they can go three and one and get to the semis and get in. I I, I think that's I think that's basically the that that basically gets them to the bowl. And 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 is which way is it going to pop? How many bids are going to be stolen? I think that's what I think that's what it comes down to for Vandy. So big big two weeks here for the Commodores. Not only did Alabama lose, but Purdue has lost again. I think people have figured out how to beat the Boilermakers now. And it's as simple as don't let Zach Eady beat you. Maryland wins 68-54. It wasn't even that close. No, Maryland took Purdue to the woodshed in the second half. It was uh, it was just a shit-kicking of the highest order. Uh, Maryland, 29-4 run. I mean, good grief. Just a massacre by the Terps in the second half. You know, I I, I said last week that you know you, you don't think you don't think the Terps give Purdue a fight. I didn't think they were going to give them a fight like this. Big time performance by by Maryland, and hey, they pack it in on Edie, and hey, who else can do it? Nobody's doing it. So we kind of hinted at that a few weeks ago. I heard a great stat toward the end of that game. Purdue has lost eight true road games in the last three years. Can you tell me how many of those resulted in court storms? The fact that you're asking this means it's probably pretty high. Yes. So it's got to be like six. Or, it's got, it's, it can't be all eight, right? It is not it's gotta all be, it's, eight. It's got, it's got to be like seven. It is. It's seven. It's all but one of them. <laughs> that's weird. I, that's just a great stat. It just shows you how good Purdue has been for quite a few years now. But all right, sorry, that, that's, let's back this up then. Okay, Purdue's been great. The last few years. Where are they at the tournament? Like, what are they doing in the NCAA tournament? Because I remember yeah, Virginia you beat... You can't storm the court in the tournament, so... <laughs> Virginia Virginia beat them in that crazy regional final game back in 2019 where De- uh, DeAndre Hunter... I think it was DeAndre Hunter. Somebody hit, somebody hit the... Uh, it wasn't DeAndre Hunter. S- somebody hit the, the... There was the missed free throw. Kihei Clark went yes. back and grabbed it, threw it up, forced overtime... Who was it for Purdue that went off for like a gazillion points? Great game, great uh, it, it freaking was the game. Guard. Um, yeah, I can see him. I can't remember his name now. Anyway, uh, oh, Jaden Ivy, is that correct? No, one. It, no, one. Jaden Ivy. It wasn't Jaden Ivy. It was the guy before Jaden Ivy. Once again, let's see if the monkeys in the truck can tell us something. Monkeys in the truck, fill them in. It was Carson Edwards who scored forty-two points, I think. In the, uh, yeah, 42 points. Four, I've got it here, 14 to 25 from the field. And he hit a shit ton of threes that night, too. <laughs> uh, how about 10 for 19 from three-point land? Good God. That game, was, that you, game was crazy. That game was crazy. Just haymakers back and forth. That second half was unbelievable. As good a second half as you'll see in the NCAA tournament. So Purdue did that. All right, so I guess maybe the... We lost a little bit in the in the pandemic year. All this, I think Purdue. I don't know how Purdue did in twenty twenty. They obviously didn't. You know, there was no tournament that season. 
that kind of stuff. If you're getting court stormed this much, I would I would hope to see Purdue in the Final Four here at some point. But we they choked in the Sweet 16 last year. They have that you know the, the huge loss against uh, Virginia. So uh, okay, maybe a little bit. We lost a tournament. Okay. They need that second player again, and no one yeah. is stepping up at this point. Uh, at least in the important crunch time, Brandon Smith did against Maryland in the first half. But then he just disappeared, and that yeah. was a big reason that Maryland was able to go on a twenty-nine to four run. Mm. I think they were up by seventeen at one point. When I flipped it over, they were up by seventeen. I was shocked. Oh, I happened to catch the whole thing. I I, I turned it on late in the first half, saw Purdue was up, and then kind of had it on throughout the entire run and and kept wait wait what's going on here maryland's just destroying them so purdue still sets atop the big 10 northwestern got a huge win in midweek over indiana 64 62 boo booey a driving one hand push shot 2.7 seconds left in the game for the win the we got more smart schools beating the uh, beating the, the 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 old money, Indiana North, Northwestern knocks off the Hoosiers. That's fantastic. You've been you've been talking them up. You know, look out for Northwestern. Look out for Rutgers. And like, all right, the other shoe's going to drop here at some point. It kind of is for one of them. But Northwestern hanging around here. They are. They're ten and five right now. They are playing Iowa. We're breaking the fourth wall here. We're recording on Sunday afternoon. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Hey, Cole Cabana, how you doing? They're going to play Iowa in a couple of hours. They're at home. Shockingly, I think Iowa's a one-point favorite on the road. Northwestern, if they lose that game, they're tied with Indiana for second place. If they win, they're alone in second place with five losses and actually only a game behind Purdue. That's crazy. That's crazy right now. With, with a win against Purdue. Yes, because Purdue only loses to the academic schools, like Northwestern Obviously. and Rutgers. Obviously. Rutgers finally got back on the win streak after losing to Nebraska in midweek. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. They did win at Wisconsin on Saturday. They are 9-7 and seven in conference, 17-10 and 10 overall. They probably still need a couple of wins to feel safe about the NCAA tournament. But that whole center of the Big Ten is such a mess. You you can't predict anything that's going to happen there because everywhere from two to about ten, yeah. any team could land anywhere in that, that structure for the Big Ten tournament. That was a good but, one for Rutgers. That was a, it was a good finish, too, with the uh, with the block shot at the horn. Omar Rui came over and, and in desperation got the hand up. And, I was going to say, about the only thing that we know for sure is that Ohio State will be in the first four. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That, them and the Gophers. Everything else is still up for debate. Of course, Ohio State will be in the first four. They will probably be an underdog in that first game. They will win that. They will go on a win streak. They will win the Big Ten tournament. They will be an 11 seed in a play-in game in Dayton. They'll win that, and they'll go to the Sweet 16. <laughs> because why not? Let's head over to the Big 12. Another huge game on Saturday Kansas takes care of Baylor, 87-71. I was shocked that Baylor didn't give them a better game. 
Baylor gave him a game in the first half. Uh, for a half. And then it was it was like watching the national championship all over again. Kansas comes out in the second half on uh, just a absolute machine. Went on. It was something like a thirty-one to four run or something. I it was whatever it was. It was ridiculous. Next thing you know, Kansas is up double digits and on complete cruise control with no doubt in their minds that they were going to win the game. When Kansas gets going like that at home, it, they're the best team in the nation, and and I don't think it's close. When when I think Kansas's best might be better than everybody else's best. They just they're push so hard the Big Twelve right now. We don't see it that often. I think they're going to be, I, I think they're going to be primed for another deep run just because we talked about it like uh, with Purdue. Purdue hasn't seen these top end teams like this. Kansas sees it night in and night out. Iron sharpens iron. Jayhawks look great right now. Well, plus they are the defending national champions. It it so comes I, with it, it comes with it too. In the back of their minds, they, they are defending a title still. They are tied for the Big 12 lead right now with Texas, who escapes Oklahoma in overtime, mm-hmm. 85-83. Sir Jabari Rice off the bench, 24 points. Sam Godwin had a chance to get it in the double overtime, but just missed a layup at the buzzer. Oklahoma led that game deep into the second half, and Texas found an extra gear down the final five minutes, came back, tied the game, took a quick lead uh, for Oklahoma forced to overtime with three. Really good game down there in Austin, and Texas had their hands full. Oklahoma's bottom of the conference. They are the, the worst team, technically, in the league, and pressed the, the, the league leaders, tied to the league leaders, into overtime on their own home court. This league is ridiculous. Uh, that last place team also defeated Alabama this year. By about a million points. It's it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and meanwhile, off the court in Austin, uh, domestic abuse charges against Chris Beard were dropped. Oh, okay. Now, I understand that Texas fired him, not of what he may or may not have done, but just the fact that he was arrested and that made news. But, does Chris Beard have a lawsuit? I don't know. Be- if if he files a lawsuit, does that open back up discovery? I don't know. Probably, except the fact is his fiance, girlfriend, whatever it is, didn't want to testify. So even if they reopen discovery... Are they going to get anything more out of her? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a good question. You know, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole, you know, battered wife thing. But at what point do you want to just say, okay, let's drop this and let them get on with their lives? As yeah. dysfunctional as their lives may be. But I, that's one of those yeah, things. Is if Chris Beard had not been in such a public eye, he surely wouldn't have gotten fired. No, wouldn't think so. I mean, if you or I had the same thing happen with us, I, I, I know my manager would never know that I'd been arrested. Yeah, exactly. You know, as long as I was able to get out of jail and go to work the next day, I mean, hell, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I could kill somebody on Third Avenue, and you'd still vote for me. <laughs> it was Fifth Avenue, what? <laughs> whatever. All y'all streets look alike. Oh, good grief. Yeah, what a shit show. Also in the Big 12, 
TCU beat Oklahoma State 175. Mm. They look a little different with Mike Miles back. Yeah, what a concept. Get your best player back in, a, in an already dynamic lineup, and, and, and you've got another level. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah, it turns out Miles is pretty important to the Horned Frogs. And it's not just that Miles is important, but he allows everybody else to play yeah. a step lower. Yep. And and all of a sudden, instead of having to step up, you get to step down with your same talent and ability. And yeah. it, it, it's the it's the Andrew Wiggins scenario. He sucked as the number one guy in Minnesota. He was an all-star as the number four with the Golden State Warriors. Exactly. The fit matters. And finally, on Monday, just hours after we stopped recording, Texas Tech upset Texas back a week ago. And that's what dropped the Longhorns into that first place tie with Kansas. You're saying Texas Tech, or yeah, Texas Tech, who had been the last place team in the league, beat the first place team in the league again. For the second uh, so, time this year. Yeah. Yeah. So Texas now has losses to Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Did West Virginia beat them? I don't think so. I don't think West Virginia beat Texas. No, West Virginia did not beat Texas. But still, God, it's ridiculous how bonkers this league is. Texas Tech also won at West Virginia on the weekend, picking up their first road win, which means West Virginia and Texas Tech beat each other on the road for their only road victories in the Big 12. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. Let's move over to the Big East. While that Tennessee-Alabama game was going on, so was Xavier and Marquette. I, that was an incredible picture-in-picture. Picture. And I, I don't know about you, but I only had about half an eye on that Bama-Tennessee game because every commercial break, I was slipping back and forth to Marquette and Xavier. The Marquette-Xavier game was a better game. It was, it was a tighter game. It was a more entertaining game. T- Tennessee just ground out Alabama, and Alabama couldn't get any flow going. So the, the watchability of it wasn't as high. Marquette-Xavier was entertaining as hell. Marquette won 69-68, along with Providence beating Creighton in double overtime on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, he, Providence Creighton then took the Marquette Xavier game and then went took it to another level. It was the Big East was crazy this week. It, it really did. Uh, and actually, that Providence Creighton game going double overtime. Do you realize the game that Fox Sports One had on after that one? Oh, which one? What I I know now, but I I drawn a blank. Which one was it? It was the Johnnies and DePaul, which also went into double overtime. That's right. <laughs> Wait, Providence FS, FS1 getting their money's worth. Yeah. As good as Marquette and Xavier was on Wednesday, Providence and Creighton was better on Tuesday. Granted, it was double overtime, but there were 17 ties and 20 lead changes. That was crazy. Crazy game. I, that was just so much fun. And I, As much as we talk about the Big 12 and the Big 10, the Big East might have the best set of semifinal tournament games coming up. Between Marquette, Creighton, Xavier, and Providence, and maybe even Connecticut getting in there. Those are five really good teams. Those are five really good teams. I'll, I'll throw this out as the caveat here. That's not a better quartet to play in your semis than the Big 12 has. But, but the Big East does get the Madison Square Garden boost. You get the extra environment there. So so it, maybe it is a push. Hmm. Boy, am I going to have to admit to East Coast bias being real? 
it, or maybe it might not be. Real. The, 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 the aura of the garden is real. Let's just, it is what it is. Yes. But I, 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 I can't wait. Those, those four teams plus Connecticut plus Villanova fighting to get into the tournament now that they're healthy, that's going to be a lot of really fun storylines. Plus, the Johnnies yeah. playing at a lightning tempo is going to be a great game against whoever they play. At home, in the garden. I mean, yeah, it, I'm telling you, it matters. It's good stuff. It's like the year that uh, the Big Ten played at the garden and Rutgers nearly won the Big Ten. They had to play their conference. Was that the the COVID year? I think it was the COVID year because I was about to say, the Big Ten had to play their tournament a week early because the Big East also had their conference tournament of the Garden. So the Big Ten intentionally, intentionally put their tournament on a week early. And if that was the COVID year, that would have meant they got the tournament in. Uh, they they did not do okay. It was not the COVID year. I'm looking back right now. It was uh, 2018. Oh, it was that far back? Okay. And and Rutgers ended up losing to Purdue in the final of the Big Ten tournament. Good God, Rutgers that season last in the Big Ten, three and fifteen. <laughs> made it to, made it to the final of the uh, of, of the tournament. That's that's See, tremendous. And this is what I'm telling you, man. Ohio State's got a chance. <laughs> If you believe you have a chance to create a miracle, then you'd want to prepare a celebration immediately after. A cruise would be a wonderful celebration. Who might you call if you want to book that cruise? If if you need plans and de- if you need plans and details and all of the like taken care of ahead of time, bullet pointed lists color-coded checklists, you know, whatever it is, and, and just to, to get you where you need to go, where you want to be, where you want to celebrate, hit up our girl, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. Customized itineraries for you and your traveling crew, what you want to do, need to do, don't want to do, want to avoid, eat, not eat, all this stuff. She's the expert. She'll take care of it. She's all over social media, WP Magic Journeys on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Tell her you heard about her on 6th Year Senior. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. Hey, uh, have you checked Twitter to see if Wendy Prater's actually still there or not? She is. Okay. She is. Be- because I, 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 I saw her earlier this weekend. Okay, because Elon Musk went on a bender this weekend. Oh, Jesus Christ. Have you heard all the stories? I've heard some of them for sure. The the one I, I know the love two that, I know it, the two factor authentication stuff. What else is there? Yeah, okay. So there's a two factor authentication, which I'm sure by the time it's supposed to happen, it won't happen because I'll rethought it. But no, he went on a bender. I think it was Friday night at like two a.m. So actually, you know, like two a.m. Saturday, uh, which tells me that Elon been drinking. Because I mean, <laughs> come on. Anytime you start going off on social media after midnight, what's the reason for it? No, you've had a few. Alcohol. Yes. So Elon went off on a bunch of different things, but what really ticked him off was a couple of nights before he found out that President Joe Biden's 
tweet about the Philadelphia Eagles received oh, three Jesus, times more views than Elon's tweet about the Eagles. So apparently he pulled in all his key developers that he has left after he's fired them all to rejigger all the algorithms so that Elon's tweet would be seen more often than the president's. Absolutely ridiculous. Way to yes, go, I saw free this. speech, Elon. My God, what a freaking moron. I can't believe any developer right now is working. Any any developer who's any good is working for Twitter anymore. Any good. That's yeah, exactly. That's the that that's the that's the point there. Is that because if anyone who is good can go walk off and go get a job literally anywhere else. Let's just come on. The, the state of California is actually making a big drive for all the newly laid off tech workers. They're selling their you know retirement programs and and ironically, the ability to work from home as if that's like a great new thing. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe the state of California will get all the uh, the high tech developers. but as soon as I saw that, I, I'm not a developer, I'm an analyst. They, they started the, uh, the television news story with, you can come in and work with us. And as soon as I heard come in, I'm like, no, sorry, I'm working from home. I'm not coming uh-huh. into any office for a retirement package after probably getting a pay cut to get that retirement package. Exactly. But then again, you know, Twitter keeps breaking. <laughs> they, they may be able to get these uh, developers at even cheaper prices than they expected. Yeah. <laughs> what a shit show. Second non-college basketball reference before we get back. The NBA All-Star Game is today. Again, breaking the fourth wall, we're recording Sunday. Have you seen the total on this game? I have not seen the total on the game. I was wondering if you wanted to talk about the dunk contest for a moment last night. I have not seen the total on the game. Uh, take a guess at what you think the Las Vegas total is. Let me well. Let me ask this: It's four quarters, twelve minutes. Is yes. That, yes. Just, okay. Regulation NBA oh. game. Oh, th- this oh, is it, it. Oh, Jesus Christ! Is it two hundred eighty-five? Higher. Three hundred. Uh, even higher. Oh my God! It. it How about three twenty-three? Holy crap! Three twenty-three? Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, and I think the spread is like minus two. So they're looking at like 163 to 160, roughly. Holy crap. Literally no defense. That's hilarious. I just say, at what point does that not become a basketball game? It's it's not. It's, it's just it's just a exhibition where we're throwing the ball down court each way and just doing stuff. That's it. Which, frankly, makes it the most entertaining all-star game there is. It does. It's not, a, it's not a basketball game, but it's entertaining. Yes. Oh, very entertaining. Grant, I haven't seen a hockey all-star game in years. I, are they any good? They're not entertaining either. Oh, okay. No. So, yes, let's talk about Mac McClung, who is the new NBA all-star dunk champion. <laughs> Matt McClung, who a week ago was playing in the G League before the Philadelphia 76ers picked him up. One of our favorite college players. I, I only saw the one dunk. I think it was his first one. 
where he jumped over the two guys, hit, uh, tapped it on the backboard, and dunked it in. So did he that do was, anything else that was noteworthy? He did a 540 windmill, which was impressive. Holy cow. Yeah. And then there was a, his last two were similar, but they were, they were, there was another spinning windmill in there that was very impressive. And hey, we got a white boy that, 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 that won the dunk contest. Hashtag white flight. You know, I think that's happened a couple other times before where a guy of very marginal talent has won the dunk contest. And the other two times, I think it's kind of worked him into a rotation spot on an NBA team. So maybe McClung has finally found a place to stick. Maybe. I have no idea. I know it was, entertain- it, it, it was an entertaining little half hour, though. What was it? I, I, all I saw was video clips. I had it on the phone. Fo- I had it on the phone while the Hurricanes were playing their outdoor game at Carter Finley. So. Oh, oh, it, NHL's playing more outdoor games still. Yeah, the yeah the Hurricanes had their first one ever. They they hosted this weekend. It was a big deal, back in the old Triangle. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so McClung was signed originally in the summer league by the Golden State Warriors. He was cut. The Lakers picked him up. But I, I don't think he was playing for their G League team. So, well, obviously he was playing for the Sixer G League team. So, I mean, he's bounced around a lot in the last year. To say the least, yeah. What, what Le- 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 LeBron didn't want him on the Lakers? Come on. Well, no, because he was try- too busy trying to get Carmelo Anthony and J.R. Smith. <laughs> hey, J.R., what's the score? <laughs> All-time moment. I am shocked that J.R. Smith is not with the Lakers still. Come on. When LeBron James retires, he's going to marry J.R. Smith. Well, that's the whole thing. I I don't know how LeBron is is still boys with J.R. Smith. I don't understand this because, as I said at the time. Oh, wait. I know. It's not he's going to marry him. J.R. Smith must have photos of LeBron with baby dolls. (laughs) That makes sense because you know we, you know we always compared LeBron and Michael. If if somebody dribbled out the clock in an NBA Finals game, the Jordan would have been brought up on murder charges the next week. I mean, <laughs> if, it's what would have happened. It's what would have happened. It probably would have happened on live television, live on NBC. Marv Albert could have done the play-by-play, and Jordan oh, grabbing him by the throat. My God, and the foul. Only if Oakley didn't get to him first. Well, that, that, that's... <laughs> it depends on if Oakley was still playing with Jordan at that point or not. Or if, or if Oakley was on the Knicks at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, let's get back. Let's get back to college basketball. Head over to the West Coast, where St. Mary's is still in survival mode, but still winning. They picked up a victory at San Diego, and then almost blew a big lead to BYU at home before coming back and pulling off the uh, the victory. Uh, we're, we're deep into conference play at this point. You get your wins, get home, right? Basically. I, and I think that's what it is. They've got their sights set on Gonzaga in Spokane this weekend. So we get down to that, and St. Mary's was that. It's over, basically, right? Oh, yeah. It's over. So you get in, get out, stay healthy, and then load up for the Zags because that's a big one. And we also learned what happens when you do upset Gonzaga and oh, have to play man. them again. Loyal Mary Ooh. Mount, who defeated the Zags a few weeks back 
on a, just an incredible show by Cam Shelton, loses at home 108 to 65. I saw that by the metrics, this was the biggest beatdown by any team so far this season. That it was just the Zags just th- thrashed them. It wasn't even close. The, the 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 deserve to win meter whatever that is is it was it, they broke it so well now wait a minute I, I'm, I'm curious now was that before or after Alabama beat Georgia 108 59 that was before I, I will say that it was before the interesting part is I think that both of the other games had South Carolina on the losing end oh I now now I'm trying I'm struggling to remember who the other team? I'm sure Alabama was one of them, but I'm pretty sure South Carolina was on the on the losing end of both of the other grading metrics of 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 that. Might have been oh a and a, a-, a-, a- and m caught them by thirty one. Oh, and Tennessee beat them eighty five forty two. It had that had to be one of them. <laughs> South Carolina is bad, but I didn't think they were that bad. There are there are worse teams out there than South Carolina. Yeah, it was the Texas A and M game and the, and that Tennessee game. The Tennessee game was the first one, and so so the Zags throttling Marymount was worse than any of that. I did not see the Alabama uh, Georgia uh, game on that. So nor did I see the Alabama Vanderbilt game on that list either. Yeah, and that was I mean one hundred one forty four. That's brutal. it had to be that had to be near the top somewhere. But yeah, you mentioned bad teams, and I'll just take that softball and hammer it out of the park because we'll go over <laughs> to the ACC where Louisville picks up just its fourth win of the year by beating Clemson 83-73. How? How in the world does Clemson fall from the top of the ACC to losing to Louisville? Absolute free fall for the Tigers at this point. Uh, through January... They were humming along, tied for the lead in the ACC. They might have had to lead out right in the ACC at one point. Oh, they did. They and were the last then, unbeaten team. That's oh, that's right. They were the last unbeaten team because they won at they Pitt. A, that's what I happened. think they had a three-game lead at one point. They were at least they two. were they were up in the uh, up at the top of the standings for sure. And then I don't know what the hell's happened. Carolina kicked the crap out of them last weekend. Talk about losing games to bad teams. And then, uh, and then Louisville. You can't, oh my God, Louis, the Louisville fan base has been waiting for this all season long. Their fourth win, their fourth not, win of the season. Not play now. No, Just their fourth overall win, period. Fourth win of the of the season, period. And and it's to a team that was trying to get back into the NCAA tournament. And as of a few weeks ago, looked like they were on cruise control heading that way. The Tigers are in trouble now. They they are in a free fall. They're still in fourth place in the ACC, but it's not that far away from nope. like about 10th. I think there's nope. only a two-game spread between fourth and 10th in the ACC. I'm still, the ACC is, I'm still, they are better than what all the metrics say, but it ain't looking good for, for the old Atlantic Coast Conference right now. No, I, and the one team that we thought might be storming up the standings, we said, oh, they've got some easy games. They should be able to win. No, they lose. We're talking about Virginia Tech here. They lose to Georgia yeah. Tech 77-70 in midweek. And then, what do you know? When all is lost, they turn around and beat Pittsburgh 79-65 on the weekend. And looked really good doing it. 
looked really good doing it. And God, Virginia Tech, they'd gotten healthy. It was like, okay, now we're back on track. And then just, you know, roll off the tracks, lose to Georgia Tech like that. I mean, good grief. But then they knock off Pitt. I have no idea what, what to make the ACC right now. None whatsoever. Well, they're pretty much guaranteed to have to play in the first four. There is a two-game spread between the last team, which I think is 10th place uh, in the ACC, and a 9th place team. Uh, and it's 10 through 15, yeah, that play in the first day. So Virginia Tech's pretty much doomed to have to win, uh, what would that be, four games in four days? Uh, if they want to get, if they want to win the ACC tournament and get into the NCAA tournament. That's five games in five days. Oh, is that now. five and five? Yeah. Damn. That's, that's, that's tough. That's a big ask. So last year they pulled four and four then. Yes. Because I think they were the nine seed last year, the eight seed. They, yeah, they came, they came from underneath. I know that much. Yeah. And, and the nine seed right now is, are they still your North Carolina Tar Heels? They'll always be my North Carolina Tar Heels, but God damn, it doesn't have to be this difficult, people. It's just not there. It, it's the, the 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 magic is all gone. They've pissed away all the goodwill from the from the tournament run last March. Talked a lot of game coming into the season, preseason number one, and everybody kind of said, "Yeah, they're probably overrated, but that's all right. Whatever." They'll you know they'll lose some games early and then figure it out, and they lost some games early, but they never figured it out. And Sunday's result in Raleigh's the the, the the latest. Here's the difference in Carolina's season right now. They have now dropped four quad one games where they had at least a six point lead with under 10 minutes left in the second half and and lost to Iowa State, lost to Alabama, lost to Pitt, lost to NC State. If you win two of those games, the, the vibe is different right now. But they blew all four of them in spectacular fashion. They were up by six today and had back-to-back opportunities for runouts and botched them because they don't know how to run transition offense. All of a sudden, a six-point lead becomes a, a state lead, and it, it was like a 19-3 run or something. like It was ridiculous, whatever it was, and, and state winds up winning going away. State's good. Carolina should be good. They're not. They don't play together. They don't play smart. They don't, they don't act like they want to be here. So it is what it is. Carolina's... They, they are out of margin of error for the NCAA tournament. Oh, no. They have, to, they have to win the rest of their regular season games if they do not want to be on, you know, win the ACC tournament or bust. Uh, they, hey. have to, they have to beat Virginia next weekend. They have to beat Duke the weekend after that. They cannot slip up in between. At that point, if, if, if they win out, they can probably absorb an ACC tournament loss so long as it's not a real stupid one. But they are out of you, margin of error. I, I hate to tell you, but they may be looking at a first-round matchup against Robert Morris in the NIT. They absolutely could be. And they will have absolutely earned it. I do not understand it. Another team that would be looking at Robert Morris in the NIT is Oregon. Their game on Wednesday against yep. Washington is an exact example of why they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. They got to win the games. They lose 72-71 in overtime. They give Keon Minifield 27 points for the 6-10, and 14-13 Washington Huskies. You can't lose that game. You can't lose that game if you're the Ducks. 
you, you know, you were talking about margin of error. You, you just win the games you're supposed to win, and you're probably, you, you could probably survive this, Ducks, and you drop the game to Washington, and it's like, what the hell? And, and they're playing Washington State later tonight, Sunday. I guarantee you they're going to lose that game as well. I would not be surprised whatsoever if that happens. Arizona State beat Utah 67-59 on Saturday. So if there's any team with a little bit of hope of getting in in the Pac-12 beyond the big guys, it might now be Arizona State. Utah had the chance, couldn't do it, and they have to play the Southern California schools this week. If they somehow can get even one win out of that, maybe we'll look at Utah again. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Arizona State, they're set up okay. If they can, the, the closeout here is hell for, for the Sun Devils. That's the problem. Because they close in succession at Arizona, at UCLA, at USC. I mean, what the hell? Yeah, it's you know? not good. If they can if they can steal one of those wins, get one of those wins on the road, get them to 20 wins, finish 11 and 9 in the league, maybe I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be tough sledding for the Sun Devils too. I I just have a feeling that Oregon, Arizona State and Utah are all showing their level, which is at a point where they cannot beat your UCLA, Arizona, USC. And yeah. at that point, I'm not sure why you give any of them a bid to the NCAA tournament. Fair point. Fair point for sure. Let's run through a bunch of other conferences before we get to the schedule. In the American, Temple loses again, this time at home to Wichita State. It's their fourth loss in a row. And their remaining schedule is not easy. They're at Cincinnati, hosting Central Florida, at Tulane. What looked like a solid team is now getting exposed by a real schedule. I hate to say it, but it was only a matter of time before the bill came due for the Owls, and it is what it is. And by the way, Houston beat SMU in the midweek. They beat Memphis today. They'll probably be number one in the polls come out on Monday, which it's about damn time that the pollsters recognize what Ken Palm recognized for the last two months. That's fair. That's fair. Houston, Houston's good. I think they're. I think they are well on their way to uh, to a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They they really have to to screw the pooch down the stretch for for that not to happen. You you just look down the schedule and the Temple game aside, there's no what the hell's on there. They lost to Alabama. My God, they lost at home to Alabama. Other than that, like I said, Who the, the lost Temple to game. Oklahoma. Well, exactly. let's, let's see what we can do with that as far as the transition. <laughs> I'm sure we can get there somewhere. But, I mean, just, just the, the, the steadiness of, of Houston just throughout the season has to be rewarded here. I, I think you're right. I think they're going to be the number one team in the land by the time this podcast drops on Monday. And I, my guess is they're going to be the number one team in the land by the time the, uh, the NCAA tournament tips off in March. I'm not saying they're the favorite to win. They're a very good choice. Oh, no, they are the favorite to win. They're a strong favorite in Vegas. They Vegas might like him. I'm not, I'm not saying that the common sense says that. I'm saying they're, they're in good shape, and I think they're going to be the, I, I think they will be the overall number one seed come, come March. 
In the Ivy League, Yale defeats Princeton in overtime, overcoming a 19-point deficit with seven minutes mm. to play without their leading scorer, Matt Nolan. Good grief. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot, big wall to climb. So Princeton, Yale, and Penn are all eight and four, tied for first place with two games remaining. Cornell and Brown are in that fourth spot at six and six. Next Saturday, Cornell at Yale, Brown at Columbia. That should give Brown an edge going into the last weekend of the season. You would think so. Something to keep an eye on. In the Big South, NC Asheville is your Big South champion. They won at Radford on Thursday, and after beating Citadel on the weekend, they have clinched the regular season title. Bulldogs looking good right now, cruising along, won their last four. See if see if they will be the first team to, to formally punch their ticket since that's the first that's the first uh, conference tournament of the season, right? Uh, it is the first. It's not the first one to start. Uh, it it's is the first one to end. It is one of the four that end on March fifth. I don't know which okay. one starts What's, first. Gotcha. I always, I always I always remember the Big South as being the first. So yeah, uh, the Atlantic maybe this changed. Well, the Atlantic Sun, Big South, Missouri Valley, and Ohio Valley all finish on March 5th. I would take a guess, probably the Big South and Atlantic Sun would have that 4 p.m. Vegas time start. Uh, so they'll be racing one another for the first bid into the NCAA tournament. Well, that'll be fun. In the Big West, UC Irvine won at Santa Barbara, and that now puts them into the lead of the Big West. Santa Barbara dropping two games this week. What the hell? Yeah, inopportune time to do that. Yeah. Although it's against good opposition. Uh, Riverside's a good team as well. They are tied for third with Hawaii. And Hawaii gets a big win on the mainland at Long Beach State on Saturday. They are tied for third place, which is really good for Hawaii, considering that's their fourth win on the mainland. That's real good for the Bows there. Big West, this tournament could be very, very interesting. I mean, you're looking at that, that top four solid. And you never know when Long Beach State can uh, pull off a big game. Yep. Either. Yeah, it'll be, it, that's going to be a competitive one. And let's see, the Big West starts, uh, that's the last week of the season. They start on March 7th. Uh, that is one of the many tournaments that takes place in Las Vegas. They finish on the Saturday before Selection Sunday. Okay. In the Missouri Valley. Just a few hours ago, Bradley gets a stunner at Southern Illinois, 50-48. Down two with 20 seconds left. Bradley's rink a mast hits a three and was fouled. That proved to be the difference, 50-48. That keeps Bradley atop the Missouri Valley Conference. They'll probably be tied with Drake, who's playing at Belmont later tonight. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Drake-Belmont game tonight, so... I, I was I was skimming the schedule earlier today and I saw I I saw uh, Belmont or it was it was a Drake at Belmont is that what it was Yes uh, All I know is I I saw I saw Drake and I saw Belmont and I said wait why is Duke playing Belmont totally right so, <laughs> Duke Drake y'all look alike Yeah Duke ain't going on the road to play Belmont <laughs> oh, That's true uh, probably because Coach K can't drive in the snow Exactly in the Atlantic Sun. Queens beat Kennesaw State 83-76. Kennesaw State 
still in the lead at the Atlantic Sun, but it's a big win for Queens because only 10 of the 14 teams get into the tournament. That just gets Queens a little bit ahead of Florida Gulf Coast and Jacksonville. They'll be fighting for two of the final spots in that A-Sun tournament. Queens oh, is fun because Queens is fun because they are the third fastest team in the nation. Love it. Need more of that. And I don't know if we talked about Kennesaw State and what they've done this year, but even with that loss, they're 21 and 8. This is going to be the first time they have a record above 500 since joining Division 1 in 2006. We talked about Kennesaw a couple of months back, just you know, as far as how far they had come, and and because I, I know we talked, we asked each other had had Kennesaw ever been in the tournament? I don't ever remember Kennesaw State being in the tournament. They have not been in the tournament before. So if they could, if, if they could, could punch their ticket to the big dance, uh, it, it would be a good story. They'll be this. My guess is they'll be the 16 seed in Birmingham to take on Alabama in the first round. That would be my guess. Oh no 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 no! Because you got to remember, there's a Northeast Conference team. That's going to be a 16. But the Northeast Conference, they'll, well, you got to go from Dayton. So, yeah, or yeah it, it, it could get a little squirrely. It, it, it'll depend on it'll depend on the dates and whatnot. Well, okay. Actually, but but, but I'm, if, they, I'm at, if they can. I'm looking at my bracket from last week. I don't have Kennesaw as a 16. Uh, oh, really? Where, I don't have him as a 15. Wait. Oh, holy crap. You got him higher than I thought. Oh, oh, I know what it is. I, I think it's because at that time, Liberty had the lead in the Atlantic Sun. Oh, okay. They are a far better team than Kennesaw, but they right now are a game behind Kennesaw in the standings. Okay. So I did not have Kennesaw in my bracket as of last week. Okay. That makes sense. I still don't think they'd be a 16. I mean, the 16s are pretty bad. Although Asheville is is one of the 16s. They might end up as the last 16 or the first 16 depending which way you look at it. They'll, they'll be doing they'll be doing a job to somebody in the Birmingham pod whether it's Alabama or Tennessee. It'll be one of them. In Conference USA, Florida Atlantic dropped a game to Middle Tennessee. They're still in the lead in the conference, but it's their third loss of the year for the Owls. Thought FAU'd cruise a little bit more than this, but they're going to have to fight to get out of Conference USA now, I see. Same thing holds true in the Sun Belt. League leader Southern Miss loses to South Alabama, and this was a bad one. 85-54. to Woo! Put that on the list of bad losses, too, we were talking about earlier. Marshall and Louisiana are still a game back of Southern Miss, however. And we mentioned this last week, but once again, in the Mountain West, San Diego State pulls out a very hard road victory, 45-43 at Fresno State. Yeah, remember how you were talking about Queens running up and down the court? Let's get more of that and less of this 45-43 Less of that, stuff. yes. Please. In the horizon, Detroit beat IUPUI on Sunday. Our buddy Antoine Davis, 31 points. He's now 125 points behind Pistol Pete Maravich with at least three games to play. That's four. If if only three. If it's only three games, he needs forty-two points a game. CBI or the CIT really needs to invite Detroit. They really need to. They need a gimmick. We need to do this. Although there could also be a fourth game, they could win their first round Horizon game. 
They're yeah. they're they're going to be in that first day, and they'll might be a favorite in that game. It'll be a probably a one or two point spread against whoever they're playing. So they might get two games in Horizon Tournament. That's a good point. So so at that point, it takes the it, it takes you down to thirty two points a game, not forty two points. That's a that's, that's a big difference. The big difference, yes. Thirty two is manageable. Forty two, not so much. And finally, in the Northeast Conference. Fairlane Dickinson is trying very hard to not be the sacrificial play-in 16 seed. They lose to Sacred Heart 94-86 in overtime. Of course, Sacred Heart then lost to Merrimack later in the week. It's like nobody wants to be the team that's going to finish behind Merrimack and Stonehill and go into the NCAA tournament. Good Lord. How are you gonna be a double digit? How are you gonna be a double digit dog in the in the sixteen team playing game, on the, the Tuesday night in Dayton? Come on! I actually looked it up after you mentioned it last week. I in my latest bracket from last week, I have Dickinson playing Howard, and Howard would probably be about a six point favorite. Wow! Yeah, I, if I remember correctly, those play in games are usually at most a three or a four point spread. It's usually not much. Yeah. Yeah, six would be huge so that's what we have from this week let's take a look at the schedule going forward tuesday is a hell of a day for basketball and it's picture in picture in picture in picture time at 4 p.m vegas oh wow you have tennessee at texas a&m on espn you have baylor at kansas state on espn2 mm. you got miami of florida against virginia tech on espnu and then Mississippi State and Missouri on the SEC network. That's a lot going on. Those are that's good lord. That's a loaded window right there. And in the later window, Marquette and Creighton at five thirty on Fox Sports One. At six, you have Indiana at Michigan State on ESPN. And Iowa State at Texas on the freaking Longhorn Network. Yep. Are you kidding me here? <laughs> Jesus that's Oklahoma, Christ. That's Oklahoma football WrestleMania pay-per-view action there. Come on. And in the next couple days, they're surprisingly anticlimactic. The best game on Wednesday is probably the 4 p.m. matchup on ESPN of Kentucky and Florida. Uh, 3.30, Fox Sports 1, Providence, UConn. I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, because it's at UConn, it should be a game. Uh, but Providence is pretty much locked into that four spot. So even if UConn wins, it's not going to change the standings any. We were talking about South Carolina taking some whoopings earlier. Alabama might might be ready to take out a little more frustration on the Gamecocks at 6 o'clock Vegas on the deuce if you are a fan of snuff films. Uh, you think they can beat them by 40? I think they can. I think they will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that line's going to be, but it's going to be big. Lay the point. Uh, let, let's see. Let's see what Ken Palm has them at right now. Uh, they've only got them like, like 20, but I'll bet you the I was line say, might be a little bit bigger than that. I was going to say 21 and a half. Okay. Thankfully, it is at least South Carolina at home. If it was at Bama, it'd easily be 25, 27. Oh, Lord. Yeah. On Thursday at 2 p.m. Vegas time, uh, CBS Sports is going to show the best Northeastern Conference game of the week. Not sure which one it's going to be. They've got all four uh, available to them. 
if you want to watch Merrimack or Stonehill before they don't get into the NCAA tournament, that might be your last best shot. That's nice. At 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, UCLA at Utah. See if the Utes can uh, make themselves relevant toward an NCAA at-large bid. Uh, we'll see about that. On Friday, Xavier at Seton Hall, Fox Sports 1, 4 p.m. Seton Hall is another one that's kind of like Villanova and UConn, that on any given day they can beat a better team. It's just a matter of whether the right team shows up. Can they put it all together, yeah. Then Saturday. It's an odd setup where there's not a lot of good games in the midday, but the night is fantastic and the morning is fantastic. At 9 a.m., you have Creighton at Villanova on Fox, along with Michigan State at Iowa and TCU at Texas Tech. That's the ESPN-ESPN2 split. Tough haul there for uh, for the Horned Frogs. We've got the Lubbock. Yeah, but those are games they need to win and win convincingly. That's the we'll see what happens. Big 12's tough. Another Big 12 doubleheader at 11 a.m. Texas Baylor is on either ESPN or ESPN2. Kansas State at Oklahoma State is on ESPNU. They've got to put Texas and Baylor on the on the mothership, you, you would think. You'd, you'd hope so. Although Arkansas-Alabama is the split game. Uh, we'll see how they might throw Texas Baylor on the West Virginia sports network. Who knows (laughs) at 3 PM. It's your Carolina Tar Heels trying to survive hosting Virginia on ESPN. It will be NCAA tournament on a poll. It will be my blood pressure on a poll (laughs) as I will be reporting live from the Dean dome this Saturday. Indiana at Purdue is on Fox at four 30. USC at Utah is on ESPN2 at 5. And then the main event, late, right? Yes. Oh, the the main event is fantastic. So on ESPN, you've got St. Mary's at Gonzaga. On the Deuce, you have a surprise big game, Irvine at Hawaii. If Hawaii wins that game, I think that's going to pull everybody into like a possible four-way first-place tie. Big West implications Saturday night. And then San Diego State is at New Mexico on CBS Sports. New Mexico suddenly fighting for uh, relevance within the Mountain West again. Yeah. So you have three huge games. And then if you want to be entertained after all that's over, catch the last half hour or so of Loyola Marymount at Pepperdine, two of the fastest teams in the nation. It's on Stadium. Uh, if you get that. I know Roku has it picked up. You can find it on some streaming services. Yeah. And then on Sunday, 9 a.m., CBS, Illinois, at Ohio State. Here's where the Buckeyes start their miraculous run toward a Sweet 16. All right, Bucks. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Jesus. And then later in the day, 3.30, Rutgers at Penn State on the Big Ten Network. Yeah, you just got you got to root for Rutgers, right? Uh, by default, yes. And actually, at four p.m., this could be an entertaining game. Cal Baptist is at, and I only say this because I love your Jim Ross impression, Stephen F. Austin. By God, Austin, Austin, Austin! By God, Austin! That's on the U. 
at 4 p.m. Vegas time. Damn, I cannot believe it. Then we come back to Monday, and it's your Tar Heels at Florida State on ESPN at 4, and then a Big 12 doubleheader at 6, Baylor at Oklahoma State on the Mothership, and West Virginia at Ohio at Iowa State on the Deuce. Jesus Christ. they got to play Virginia, which is, it is just horrible. I'm going to just stick the gun in my head now. Then they got to go on the road. I know Florida State's garbage this year, but they never played good on in, in, at, uh, on the road in Tallahassee. And they haven't played good on the road anywhere this year. It, it, everything's, it, everything's bad. It's all bad. And also, on that Monday, we do not have schedules yet, obviously, but the Atlantic Sun opens up its tournament. Oh, man. Down to the wire here. Can't wait. And then the next day, the Horizon, the Patriot, and the Sun Belt all open. That means it's March next week. Yes. Yes. March 1 is Wednesday. We are 10 days away from March. Actually, wait a minute. 9? 10? Steiner math? 8? I was never any good at math. (laughs) It's It's the 20th. There's 28 days in February. You can do the math from there. So eight, nine. Eight, ten. not yet. Depends eight, on nine. Six. Depends on when you're listening to this podcast, right? Shit. It, it might have, March might have been two weeks ago if you're just <laughs> if you're catching up the backlog. Shit. <laughs> Sorry, man. We're live. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have nothing else for the listening audience. I have nothing else either. Send us home so that we can come back next week and talk some more college basketball. <laughs> well, for Sid Vicious and Scott Steiner, that's the best producer in the business Alan caps on Mikey Watson. We'll be back next week to talk about more college basketball. Talk about the bubble. We'll check on, we'll, we'll check on the health of, of one of our co-hosts and, and, and his trip to the uh, trip to the motherland this weekend. And God knows what else. Right here on Six Year Seniors. A lot of skeptics that think that perhaps you can't take it, that uh, you can't take the punishment that Diesel will give you tonight. How do you address those skeptics? Well, the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of. Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry.